Welcome in, welcome in to another episode. I am your host. What's up? What's good? It's your boy, Vaxed Up, getting his stacks up. Big gain, your host, JJ. With me today, I got my man, Ryan. What's up, y'all? Y'all know the Twitter. It is R-O-K-K-O, Daydreamer. And Keone is here with us tonight. Hello, everybody. Yes, it is I, Keone Eicholtz of the infamous or famous, whatever you choose, uh, Instagram trivia question battle royale-ness. And you can also follow me on the Twitters at Daydreamer Keone. So do that. Hey, you Why guys not? can find you guys can find me at JJ Daydreamers. You guys already know this is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Right, all right, all right. Thank you, producer Ian, for that. Why did I hit him with the all right, all, all right, all right, all right? I don't know why I hit him with that. That was, that was weird. Sorry. All right, so today we have a few things to get through. The Triple Bs here in a small town in San Diego. We're hitting some Triple Bs out here, early bus. We're going to do some 2021 breakouts and some brain blasts. And unlike the Lonzo Ball shoes, you will actually get <laughs> these on oh, time. Yeah, on time, and you will actually get them. <laughs> ah, boy. Ever. Just in general. All right. Um, so, yeah, you guys can follow us on Instagram, day underscore dreamer media. On Twitter at FF Daydreamers, head over to our website, daydreamermedia.com, to find all of our content all at once. We got the YouTube going now. So, uh, yeah, head over to YouTube, subscribe, like all of our stuff there. Really helps out. Uh, yeah, tell your friends. Let's get into this episode. So, a little bit of news first Ted Ginn did retire after 14 seasons in the NFL. Wasn't not really that fantasy relevant, but he was at one period in in time. So sad to see him go, but doesn't really affect us that much, right? Retirements earn, you know, respect to a certain extent. So yeah, fourteen in the fourteen years in the NFL is a long, long time. So all right, that'll do it for the news. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move on to these early busts. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. (laughs) (laughs) These are going to be players we are low on as a consensus compared to the industry. Um, Ryan, you want to start us out with these? Who you got for your early bust? All right. My bust this year is uh, Evan Ingram. And to be honest, I thought we were nice with our FF Daydreamer draft guide consensus ranking at 19 i thought we were being nice and people are still high on him he's right now half ppr uh 15th in adp and in full ppr he's actually 12 which is even crazier to me the reason why we are well i am so low and i think that he is go gonna be nowhere in the top 15 is because last year he was the main target 
uh, he had a hundred and hundred and nine targets, and he still finished fifteenth. Just think about that. He was the main guy on the Giants, and he scored. He was fifteenth. He only scored one touchdown, and he ran for a touchdown. He is below average, and now they have all these targets. Kenny Galladay. Shepard's coming back and probably going to play be healthy for most of this season, which, you know, actually, I don't know that. Slayton coming back. Saquon coming back. And they signed Kyle Rudolph, which is a red zone threat. And they drafted Darius Tony. There is too many weapons. He's not going to get the targets. He's inefficient. He has bad hands. He should have never made the Pro Bowl. Dang. All truth, though. Yeah, we're I calling feel- you out. Pro Bowl selection committee. Yeah, Evan Ingram. You know, people have been so high on him for years and years now, and it's it's never panned out. Well, it's never it's done well. Before he couldn't stay on the field. This last year, he stayed on the field and just didn't produce. And and I want to shout out for him dropping that pass versus the Eagles, giving me some hope <laughs> and being able to roast fine. Amazing girlfriend, Sarah, because she's a Giants fan and all her family. Because, again, he dropped that pass. Game winner. Game stealer, probably. That was him all season. To get one touchdown, one touchdown. It was ridiculous. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. My guy. My early round bust, Leonard Fournette. I know there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of confusion from... Other people here, his ADP right now is 32, 33, and we have him at 33. But he's being drafted overall in like the sixth or seventh round, and I just think that's too high. Ryan is the only one that's really high on him. You have him at like 27, Ryan, which is uh, a little ridiculous to me. I'm next highest at 35, which is a little uh, little uh, hint here, a little breakthrough into the industry to our he's going to be dropping in our rankings come august 1st go on the website daydreamingmedia.com our draft guide he will be dropping in my rankings i know that's going to bring him down in our rankings overall so he's just being overvalued right now um he's everyone has recency bias on him i feel like because he played pretty well in in the playoffs, but Come if on, you guys play off Lenny, dude, you don't get that game playing without Lenny. playing well. I get it. But if you remember before that, the Bucks were almost going to cut him. So everyone, everyone hits a low point in life. Yeah, yeah. I thought his low point was getting cut from the Jaguars, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he finished running back thirty-eight, and in one less game than Ronald Jones, he had one hundred less touches, over one hundred less touches, and less than a hundred rushing yards. He also only had five more receptions than Ronald Jones. Oh, and they added Giovanni Bernard to the team. Ugh. Giovanni Bernard, I know you hate him, Keone, but he could I hate play. his mustache. Okay, but, okay, okay. You hate his mustache, but he could play the James White role for Tom Brady mm. in Tampa Bay. If Leonard Fournette is going to be fantasy relevant, he's going to still have to get 50 targets. And with um, Giovanni Bernard there, I don't know if he gets near that number. So I just think he's being drafted at his ceiling and he has a much lower floor. He's being drafted as like a flex option. And I'm just not here for it. Mm. Yeah. And we, we all know 
that uh, Bruce Arians is a bitch. So Facts. you never really know how that backfield is is going to go because one second you're playing and then the next second you're not. And if you're going to have to rely on somebody to pick in your draft or, you know, uh, from that backfield, I, I don't want to use the term trust, but I put more faith in Ronald Jones than I do Leonard Fournette. And then as you said, Giovanni Bernard just muddles that even more. And I can see him catching the ball uh, more than maybe Fournette would, but if he fixes his mustache situation, which I hope he will now that he's in Tampa Bay, it'll be too muggy down there to have facial hair. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The humidity Uh, will just right upper lip sweat. Can't stand it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's another thing is I'm starting to come around on Ronald Jones being the actual lead back in Tampa Bay with Fournette and Bernard coming second to a to B. And so I just think that the bust is that, yeah, we have him ranked right around where the industry has him ranked, but I think everyone, the industry and us included, have him ranked at his ceiling. So I think he will he will be a bust. He's more likely to bust at his ADP than not. Is it my Ke- turn? Yeah, Keone. Let's hear who you got. All right. So I have CD Lamb, which is wild potentially. Yes. All you Dallas uh, fans I, out there, get ready. I'm not even, I'm not even a Dallas fan. I want to know your argument, though. Let's hear it. Okay, because a lot of people have his ADP, and this is ADP-based. Not that he's a bad player. I think he's actually going to do very well, and that entire offense will do very well, fantasy-wise. I don't know how they're going to do in terms of the actual football season. I mean, I think they're going to maybe, if they do get to playoffs, I think they're going to lose within like the first game of playoffs. But I think... The team overall will do well in fantasy, but compared to the ADP that other people have him in positionally, a lot of other people have him going at the end of the first round, or at least not the end of the first round. I mean, I mean, they have him like either the 12th, uh, 12th wide receiver, like 14th wide receiver. And I just think that's too high one, because I don't think he is that good in general. And two, that puts, that would arguably put him ahead of um, Cooper, Amari Cooper. And I just don't see him being ahead of Amari Cooper, at least for right now. I still think Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver on that team and will continue to be, at least for this season. We'll see in another year or so. But if, and even if you still have Amari Cooper ahead of him at that ranking, which other people didn't, they had CD Lamb ahead of Amari Cooper. If Amari Cooper was number one, that would put him in like the top seven of wide receivers. And he's just not. And because there's the other wide receivers there are better than Amari Cooper. And that's just, I think it's scaled too high. And so I think we have him around, I would say 26 ish in our, um, for wide receivers. And I think that's a proper place for him because he's not the number one there. And I can't imagine you putting a number one or not number one in the like top is a top wide receiver. because He's not in his own team, so why would he be on your team? Unless you really, really value him, which I don't, um, even though I think that team's going to do well. I just think he's his ADP from other people are way too high, and he should be, you know, overall, he might 
which maybe like fifth or sixth round maybe, but yeah. in terms of wide receiver, I think he's like 24 through 26 ish. That's where he, that's where he ranks in, in wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. We have him as our 24th wide receiver. Okay. So he's literally the last wide receiver too. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Cooper is still the number one wide receiver on that team. Yes. Dak Prescott is going to come back. So I think we might have him a little low, but having him go like 13, 14, where the industry is having him go, it's just, it's just too rich for me, mm. too rich for my blood. So, um, yeah, I'm on, I'm with you and people seem to have forgot that Michael Gallup is there and Blake Jarwin is there. Dalton Schultz is there. These guys are not going to get zero targets. I mean, they're not just going to go all to CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I also think Ezekiel Elliott is going to get more passing work than he did last year now that Dak is back. So, Ryan, what say you? Um, you see, I really like CeeDee Lamb. I do agree that I think the 24th spot is probably the where he should go. But I, I would not be surprised if he – He's better than Mari Cooper. Amari, the main thing about Mari Cooper is that he's so inconsistent. He's bit you can have hmm. four great games and have and you're not here from him for four straight games. And that's how he's always been. It's, I mean, with the Raiders, he used to drop a lot of balls too. And CD Lamb is pretty filthy. He's getting the number two uh corner in, in most games. So he has the talent to put up the numbers. Am I saying he's gonna go? He should go there? No, I think again we should go there with a twenty-four spot in that range. But you have oh, better yeah. talent sometimes. He, yeah, yeah, he does definitely have the upside to be a wide receiver one and to be the number one wide receiver even on that team. Like you said, he could surpass Amari Cooper, but Keone did like like Keone said, it's not this year. He doesn't think Mm-mm. so. And I think I that's where I agree with him. C.D. Lamb could be a number one wide receiver of the future. We could be wrong about him this year and because he does have that potential. But I'm not going to draft him there. We might be a little low on him. I, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's a good... If you pretend you go two running back... Uh, no, yeah, two running back in the first two rounds and you get a Kittle... Okay, that's your first two rounds. Uh, would you be happy as CD Lamb as your number one receiver? Because I assume that's where we'd go. Would in are you happy round. with in your number one? I uh, somewhat mm-hmm. like as happy as I can be with that with that spot. Like because you're not at that point. I'm not expecting to get a number one receiver. So getting a number two receiver to be my number one receiver. Yeah. And I would hope to get another number two receiver on my next pick. Now I have two number two receivers on my team Mm. and he is a number two receiver. So yeah, I'd be fine having him there. Yeah. Because you're, you got, because in that certain, in that specific scenario, you say you had Travis Kelsey, right? No, you got two running back or George Kittle, Kittle. I'm sorry. You still have one of the top three tight ends, which can serve just as good or just as well as a high end wide receiver. And then you got, you use your first two picks on running backs. So you're pretty solid there. And then if you have, it's not, I wouldn't say middling, but that's still a decent because of the, the, the work you did in the first three rounds, 
I think, yes, he is a good because he is the bottom of that um, wide receiver two range. I think that still is a solid first four rounds of a draft if you get him plus another wide receiver two in the fifth. I think that's still pretty solid um, because it, it it evens out in other places. That's a good point, though. So we are okay. See, but I'm uh, I'm not taking Kittle there in the third round Mm-mm. or the second round, or well, so that scenario doesn't really impact me. But maybe I should mock draft that and see how it turns out because Keenan Allen is falling to the third round, so I'm taking him because he's going to be a uh, wide receiver one. Yes, so. if he falls to the third round, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, easy. Um, all right. Let's move on. Let's get into some trivia. Keone, hit us with it. All right. So, as I said before in the Instagram video, since 2010, there have been three tight ends to have 100 receiving yards or more in four consecutive games in a season. So, what I want to know is, who do you think they are? Just name at least one, and then the year or years in which they accomplished that. And if you get both parts or got both parts, then you'll be have a chance to get a fabulous prize. And if you only got one part, then we'll uh, shout you out on the next podcast. So what are your guys' answers? All right. Oh, man. So I really don't know. Ryan had a great question. Did Tony Gonzalez play that late? Because <laughs> Tony Gonzalez seemed to do it. But, okay, but I'm not. I'm not. You're. Right, I'm. A, I'm pulling this. Pulling this deep. Austin Hooper, the year, the year, the last year with the Atlanta Falcons. What year is that, Ryan? I don't know. 2018. No, he. he <laughs> first year of the Browns was last year. 2019. He was okay. on the crazy run, trying to get paid, and I, I think it's it. All right, I will go with Travis Kelsey. In 2019. Hmm. So both of you think 2019. You went for the layup. Yeah, I did. You know, I got the last two right. And so I'm just like. I never got one wrong. So. Yes, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Every week's a new week. Maybe one to know. Every week's a new week. Ryan's doing fake news out here. I never lose. Never lose. So, um, again, you got to remember the hat. My hat was a hint in that video. So my hat said LA Golden Eagles. So that leads you to potentially two possible answers, either somebody from LA or one of the Eagles. And I'm sorry, Ryan is not one of the Eagles. Yeah, fair. Zach Hurts, possession guy. Yeah. Yeah, true. He does have the record for most receptions in a season for a tight end. So good. That's good for him. Um, and then, so you had three possibilities, as I said, yes, it's in LA. So that's between the chargers or the Rams and it is the Rams. So I know it's not Gerald Everett. So I'm not going to mark that off. (laughs) So, well, at least there's only one of the answers because there's three. So the one I was hinting at though, was Tyler Higby in with Jared Goff, 2018, 2019. Nah. So you could have had at the end um, of the year, huh? The last however many games. He I went think on a so. Stretch. Mm. He just it was pretty good. People. Yeah. So it was Tyler yeah. Higby in 2019, and then going in reverse order. So you have then you have Travis Kelsey in 2016. Uh, 
Got Bill with Alex off. Smith, mm. which is wild. And then the person who did it twice is Jimmy Graham. Oh, he did it. I forgot about him. He did it in 2013 and 2011. Mm. Okay, Ian, now look up Tony Gonzalez and let me know. Um, I and know last year you played. True. Um, also, just for Tony Gonzalez, I think he did it in like 2000. He had four games in a row with 100 receiving yards each. By the way. Yeah, I think, I think he did it. Yeah. 2013 um, was the last year Tony Gonzalez played. Tony ah, Could have said it, yeah. <laughs> Could have went with Tony, bro. So uh, I know I know. I said we'll, we'll shout him out next time, but I think because they're being fantastic and listening currently on Twitch, which, which is you, you should do that as well, uh, Daydreamer Media on Twitch, we have to shout out because they got it right. It's the first person besides us to get it right in both parts. Because they said Tyler Higby, 2019. So congratulations to C Palm 1200. 1200. Yeah. Um, we are recording Monday nights on Twitch, by the way. So just be prepared so for jump that. Jump in there. Be ready to have a good time. Yeah. yeah um, hit, him with the, hit him with the horns. Yeah. Yeah. That that works as well. Um, so we will be in contact with you in in order to send you some daydreamer uh, media stuff. Swagoo. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we'll yeah uh, we'll figure out how to do that afterwards. But yeah, just be prepared or yeah. message us on uh, message us on Instagram or something like DMS. Yeah. Yeah. Drop your uh, one of your social media handle some way for us to contact you in the comments so that way we could contact you thank Please. you very much mm. and tell tell your friends yeah where you and got con- it Fantasy congratulations let's move on the 2021 breakouts there's some players that we have that haven't made their mark in the nfl yet but they could this season Justin Jefferson did it last season and he exploded in a huge way. We're like, we're just looking for someone who has never been fantasy relevant to become now fantasy relevant. So Ryan, you want to give us one of your guys? Okay. Well, talking about Rams, former Rams tight ends, Gerald Everett is my guy this year. Uh, so before that amazing stretch of Tyler Higby. Uh, Jared Everett had the best game of his career and it, it was about to be his breakout stretch. And then he got hurt leading to the tie that he got down. All right. He's going to Seattle. He is by far the most athletic tight end they have. Uh, if you like, look at the last two seasons, Russ has thrown six or more touchdowns and tight ends. Uh, one was Greg Olson and he retired. He was old. And I think Jake Hollister is now with the Bills. And Don't forget Will Disley. Uh, well, he's a sissy, so Aww. he keeps getting hurt as well. Yeah, and I don't think he's a sissy. I just think I think he's a pretty good player. He's no. just hurt often. No, 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 no. He shouldn't be hurt as much ACLs as he is. ACLs and MCLs will do that to you. Ah, it's okay. Uh thing about that is i just think that he also knows is the only one that knows the offense remember the higher the rant 
uh, Rams, uh, I think his quarterback coach, to become their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So he knows the offense. Russ throws a t- touchdown to tight end. I think Everett's going to be a guy that leads, uh, leads like that lower tier of tight ends, like that that nine through t- thirteen range in touchdowns. And I think that's how he sneaks up there because he's never going to get the yards because DK and Tyler Lockett are amazing, and and Chris Carson's a really good running back. But if he gets the touchdowns, he sneaks right up into that that nine and thirteen range. Absolutely, I'm riding that Gerald Everett train. Mm. I'm, he, I'm trying I mean, to drive he's, he's it, but I don't know if free, I... He's basically free at your end of drafts. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. And you could, I mean, I think he'll land somewhere right at the end of the tight end one category to get a get that with your last pick of the draft or one of the last picks of the draft. Mm. I'm taking that almost every time, especially Steel. if yeah, especially if I don't get one of the top three guys. I'm fine waiting at that point. Mm. Um, yeah. Tyler Higby maybe is another guy that I'm kind of high on, but Gerald Everett hey. definitely. But and Tyler Higby, you have to you have to get in like the ninth or tenth round. Gerald mm-hmm. Everett, you're getting at the end of the draft. So, what were you gonna say, Ryan? No, nothing. It's okay. All right, all right. One of my guys for the 2021 breakout. I'm going to use Darnell Mooney. He's a second-year wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. He's 23 right now. He will turn 24 during the season in October. So um, he's still really young. He was a rookie last season. Um, He is the number two option on the Bears already. He has surpassed Anthony Miller behind Allen Robinson. He was the second in all receiving categories except for touchdowns where he was behind Robinson and Jimmy Graham. And who knows, you know, he also was did this all with Mitchell Trubisky. Now, they will at least have Andy Dalton, who is whoa, a, whoa, 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 Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. And Nick Don't Foles. disrespect my man. <laughs> True, Nick Foles. Don't disrespect yeah. my man, bro. <laughs> Super Bowl a, MVP, Nick Foles. Yeah, big dick Nick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He did, but he will have Andy Dalton, who is a slight improvement over those guys, and then Justin Fields, who I think is a large improvement over those guys. He already put up 61 receptions on 98 targets, 631 yards. He only had four touchdowns. I think he will score more touchdowns. I think he steals a few of those away from Graham. He was wide receiver 51 last year, but he finished two weeks uh, at wide receiver 18. He has the ability to finish in those wide receiver one with wide receiver one numbers. I don't know if he'll do it that often, but I expect him to be a consistent wide receiver three wide receiver two option. And he's going in the 12th or 13th round again, near the end of your draft. It's an easy snag there. He could easily break out this offense. If it fires on all cylinders, Darnell Mooney will absolutely be a breakout. For sure. Mooney is money. I just want to end oh. real quick and uh, say thank you for copying me, JJ. So, <laughs> you're a couple months in too late. I've been, I've been saying. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Me too, though. All off season. So keep the Twitter, bro. You definitely heard it here first. All right, Keone. Oh. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, sorry, but yeah, I got um my first guy is uh Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. And as 
if you've been listening, you know I'm kind of on the cult hype train in various, like in more ways than one. You know, I I tend to to stand them as a team collectively, and Michael Pittman is no exception moving into next season. And I think he yeah uh, he was had his rookie season last season, and then I see him taking the number one spot from old man Hilton this year and becoming the first partner for the Indianapolis Colts version of the law offices of Reich and Wentz. So it'll be in big, bold letters, partner, Michael Pittman. So stay tuned for that. And I just think they have a more agile quarterback than, than rivers, because I mean, basically anybody, is a more agile quarterback than Philip Rivers. True. Um, but and that's not a slight on him. Like I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I did feel like, yeah, there's that's a whole different debate. But I think this team is also going to be really, really hungry, especially with the way how their season finished last year, losing a pretty kind of down like the stretch game, like sort of final drive um against the the Bills in the playoffs last season. Like, I think that should have been an AFC play or an AFC championship game, but it was like the first game of the playoffs. And so I think they improved their team with, with Wentz, um, with Wentz coming in. And I think he's going to leave all the drama from the Eagles behind and focus ahead and do really, really well, as I've said before. And I think that because of that, uh, Michael Pittman is just going to take the reins and use all of that momentum to become the number one wide receiver on that team and really show what he can do because he didn't get a whole lot of a chance last year. Cause I think he was injured for part of the year. Yeah. And so I think with all the improvements they've made, I think he's going to take that number one spot and just get a, a lot more points than what you might expect him to get based off where he's going to be drafted. So he's another steal and in this draft, I think. Yeah, he got hurt um, at the beginning of the season. So he was behind from the very beginning, pretty much puts you, especially in your rookie year, puts you behind for the whole season. Mm-hmm. That Colts wide receiver group is going to be really interesting to watch during these mini camps and during this the rest of this offseason, these training camp battles to mm-hmm. see because there's like, it's been T.Y. Hilton for years and years and years now as the number one we don't really know who it's going to be, who that number one receiver is going to be. I would love if it was Michael Pittman, but again, if it's not, I think Pittman's still like, he's pretty big and they love getting him the ball on the outside of those screens or um, slant routes, stuff like that. They're going to manufacture touches for him. I like him. I'm with you. Uh, I like Pittman too. Again, uh, like you said, he did have a big playoff game, not 10 targets, nine catches for 90 yards. Uh, and like JJ said, uh, I think there, it will be a little competition because Paris Campbell also comes back and they, yeah. and he had a big game right before he, I think, I think he tore his ACL right before he got hurt and was out for the season. And then Zach Pascal is still there and he's kind of sneaky. So definitely sneaky. T.Y. Hilton is still there too. Oh, and even though, I mean, but yeah, but yeah, he's going like T.Y. Hilton. I think will still play. I don't think he'll be the number one on the team anymore. But that's what I'm saying. It's going to be interesting, an interesting battle there. All right, um, I got another guy, Javion Hawkins. 
rookie running back coming out of Louisville. He went undrafted to the Atlanta Falcons. And then is he this year's James Robinson? I don't know. Um, the only real competition he has there is Mike Davis. Yes, they went and got Cordell Patterson. I don't think Cordell Patterson is going to take away that much running down, um, that many running down snaps. He will be in more of a pass down, but that could still eat into uh, Javion Hawkins snaps. Mike Davis, the real competition there. He was pretty good in a lot of games, replacing CMC for the Panthers last year, but he did slow down towards the end of the season, showing that he couldn't be the sole back on a team, I believe. And this is also his fourth team in four years. So I think Mike Davis, while he is a good running back in the NFL, he's not the number one running back. And so JV on Hawkins will get snaps. He will have his time to shine in eight games before he opted out in 2020. He had 133 attempts. That's 16.6 a game, 822 yards and seven touchdowns in 2019. When he played the full 13 game slate, he had 264 attempts. 20.3 a game and 1,525 yards and nine touchdowns. He also scored one through the air. He only had like 20 catches or something like that. 16, 20 catches. So he doesn't do a ton through the air, but I think he can do a little bit. He went undrafted. So the team is not going to feel like they have to give him any work at all. But I think because they didn't really draft anyone, that there, he is still going to get those works. And I think he's going to surprise us all and come out and take over this running back room and be fantasy relevant by the end of the season. I like this pick. Uh, again, Mike Davis is a little inconsistent and he's a journeyman. Um, Hawkins, I would say the one thing is he is, he's a smaller guy, 5'8", 183. And I, I'm not sure how much other Arthur Smith likes that um, just because, you know, he's been used to Henry, but he did have Deion Lewis too. And Deion Lewis did play good before Henry took over. Uh, I like Hawkins because he's just such a, yeah, such big playability. Um, what is it called? I think he had three touchdowns over 70 yards in 2020, 70, 75 and 90 yards. So that's pretty impressive. If he gets out, he's getting away. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I think you hit a good point specifically um, about Mike Davis, because likewise, I don't see him playing the entirety of a season or being the guy who can be like that number one throughout the entire season. So they're going to be switching that backfield up at various times. And that combined with his playmaking ability, as Ryan said, it just shows that he can't, he will be a name to, to see throughout the season. And make an impact. So look, look for him. Yeah. Do you guys have another guy, another breakout? Yeah, I got one. All right. Uh, all right. That's with it. Damian Harris Patriots. I think this guy becomes a legit fantasy star. And the only thing that held is going to hold him hold against him is that Cam Newton's in a rush, but we all three of us have Cam Newton uh, not playing the full season. And I think if he gets Mac Jones, his stock is going to fly up. And the, and the Patriots say it's a legit um, competition between both of them. 
last year between it, both of oh. oh Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any competition in Harris. I mean, he might not get the passing down work, but last year in 10 games, he had 137 yards or 137 carries. If he would have played all full 16, that would average out to 220. All right. And I think with Sonny Michelle, who everyone keeps saying he's going to get cut, if you hear anyone talk about him, uh, in even some beat reporters, and Steve, Ramon Stevens. Ramon J. Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rookie. I don't think he's going to have a big role. I think that Harris is going to be a 1,000-yard runner. I think he gets six or more touchdowns. If he can add 25 receptions, he can be 2018 rookie Nick Chubbish. I think we might be shooting our uh, sights a little high with that one. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think because, so. Because James White is still there. James White is going to be the passing down back there. I agree with you. This man could be a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, I am higher than a lot of people on Ramon J. Stevenson. Sonny Michelle, gone, not gone, get out. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Harris could easily break out this year. Don't sleep on him, Keone. Oh yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> I got- choose not. I choose not to comment on the New England uh, running back <laughs> situation. So. Anyone in New England? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. For um, but I'll stick with the same division. Okay. And. Uh, it's Tua time. Tua Tagovailoa. He didn't get to play like it was it was him and Fitzpatrick kind of going back and forth last year. And uh, he didn't get a whole ton of a chance to play. And, you know, he had a very typical kind of rookie season. But I think he hopefully learned a lot from that. And he has a lot of pressure on him this year because it is it feels like a make or break season for him. So if he doesn't do well then it's kind of like, where do they go from there? But I think he's going to live up to the pressure and out of the people who it is a make or break season, I think he's going to do the best, if not like do the best compared to where he was last year. And I think they put the, the elements around him to, in order to help him get there because they drafted Jalen Waddle in the first round, which is really helpful because he can break people's ankles and he can get open, which is what a young wide receiver or young quarterback needs is just that option to be able to get the ball downfield. And then also in the second round, they drafted uh, Liam Eichenberg um, as an offensive tackle, because one of the big things they needed to do is give their quarterback more time to pass the ball. And so in a combination of wide receivers getting open and getting more time, that will help him tremendously become more comfortable in the pocket and find his footing that he needs to in the NFL. So with both of those, and I mean, if, even if Liam Eichenberg doesn't play, you know, it's that competition. So hopefully it raises the level of the O line, but still it's, they need to give him more time. And then they, they address that within the draft as well as in the receiver game. So they have, he has Devonte Parker. He has Mike Gusecki who we expect to do really well this year. And they have Jalen Waddle in there, who I expect to maybe not have like a breakout year, but I think he's going to be, um, he just can make people miss and he'll be a good guy to get the ball to because he'll be open. 
and I'm expecting uh, him to be the uh, the Samoan slingshot this year. So that's 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 who two will be. Did you look that nickname up, or did you just think of it? Because if you did just think of it, that's pretty creative. If you looked it up, also I looked bravo. up. I looked up what like what his what his background like what his heritage was or his lineage because he was born in hawaii um in ava beach shout out ava beach you know windward side but he is of samoan descent samoan descent i should say because there's no haka there um so yeah i had to make sure it was like because polynesia like there's a lot of similarities but it is important to their distinct um nationalities and stuff like that so well, yeah, he's I love this pick, Keone. Great job. Thank you. Uh he's on my dynasty team, so I really hope it happens. And I like this whole Dolphins offense, to be honest. Uh, I think they're got guys all over the field that can make plays. And it's not Jakeem Grant dropping the ball anymore. So and if you all the offseason notes is they're trying to make him push the uh, ball down the field. I mean, I remember had that that um guy beat writer who said he threw five picks. But then forgot to leave out how bad the weather was. So if you're going to throw it, you're going to throw it. Yeah, that's the one thing that I did not like about Tua last year. That he did not throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. Not throw the ball down the field. But again, that could have been because the offensive line was not giving him time like Keone addressed. If he has more time, maybe he's looking down the field further. They can let routes actually progress down the field. I'm just worried that it's not going to happen. Um, they are putting everything around him to make him succeed and they're going to know very quickly if he's their guy or not. So I think the Dolphins are doing the right things, but I, I'm not completely sold on Tua. I could be wrong though. We'll see. And like I said on a previous pod, the offensive coordinator didn't want Tua. Like he wanted to coach Fitzpatrick. You could see, I mean, yeah, Fitzpatrick played different. And he, and he played like he didn't care, but the offense coordinator didn't want to. And what they did, they fired the offensive coordinator and got two more. Or co-offensive coordinators, whatever they are. And then they went and got help for Tua. Yeah. so They really did. The, the Giants did the same thing with Daniel Jones, where like those two guys are like in the same spot for me. I don't think mm-hmm. either of them produce that much for fantasy, but that, those teams are giving them weapons. The only thing is the Giants did not get Daniel Jones an offensive line any offensive line help. The Dolphins didn't need as much offensive line help. They did need some. They went and got some. Just a little bit, but hopefully it helps. Yeah, and just to your point of like not passing down the field very far, I think he like his long was like 35. So that yeah, yeah. I think will need to improve if he's going to be live up to the nickname of the Samoan slingshot. Yeah, so. yeah. I think like I think he was like 30th in the league whenever I looked it up in yards from line of scrimmage so uh just a little scary for me but i understand he could definitely break out we're taking our shots here on who's going to break out it's not an easy thing people don't just break out every single every single day you know mm-hmm. so, yeah all right i think uh that'll do it for the show for today thank you guys so much for listening it's been really fun um, you guys have any plugs, Ryan Keone? Yeah, check out the Instagram day underscore dreamer media. And this has nothing to do with us. Huzzah! Check out Loki on Disney Plus because it's a great TV I show. It, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> check out Loki on Disney Plus. 
the Instagram, Day underscore Dreamer Media. Yeah, and then you guys could check out our Twitter, FF Daydreamers. Um, we have the website, daydreamermedia.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have the YouTube now. Subscribe, like to that. There will be things coming out. Hopefully content coming on the YouTube. There's definitely content on the website. Aaron's articles are dropping every single week. We're about to ramp up all of our content over here. So just be looking out for that. Keone, want to let them know about the next installment of the draft guide. Oh, yeah, of course. So we will have a next installment of the draft guide coming out August 1st on our website. And so if you want to check out that, it'll be it's our second installment out of three with the final installment being September 1st, just in time for you to draft for the season. But in this upcoming installment, we'll have uh, a few more positional rankings and we'll have our our dreams and our nightmares and we'll have some heads in the clouds guys. So those are people we think who are going to be like, we're going to attach our names to basically. And so there's going to be a lot more content than there was in that initial version of the draft guide. So more players ranked mm -hmm. updated rankings, and we're going to give you an overall list of players. That's the most important thing. And hopefully that'll be printable by the time this uh, first installment comes out. If not, it'll be printable by the second one, by the third one. It should be because there's a, there's also a PDF version so you can download it at your own leisure. So it's on both mobile and um, web, you know, versions. So we got you hooked up. Nice. Pay your rent. And then pick up a draft guide. There you go. Sounds like a good first for me. Yeah. Mm. The last thing we have is to plug is a Patreon. So if you guys want to head over to patreon.com, Daydreamer Media, search us. Blam. We got different levels, different tiers that you guys can donate to us. It would be very, very appreciated. Um, yeah, and then just like subscribe. Um, I believe on Apple Podcasts it's follow, not subscribing anymore. So follow us on Apple Podcasts and uh tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is the best thing. If you guys like what you hear, even if you don't, tell your friends, maybe they will like it. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah, stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs>